Hello and welcome to Frizz and the Grizz, week number five. Man, five in the books. Let's go. Five of them things, baby. And like we always say, happy fucking Monday. Woo! Yeah, man. What a Monday. It's a good Monday. It's a Labor Day Monday. So we have an extra day off yes, sir. the weekend. Hell yeah. Is there not is there anything better than a Monday holiday? Honestly, I thought Fridays you would think would be best, but like Monday is a little bit better because it's a shorter week, like leading into another weekend. When it's like when it's a Friday holiday, you're just like, all right, let's let's get to Friday. And then like when it's a Monday holiday, it's like you, you think about it Sunday night or you're just like, oh, damn, I don't have to work tomorrow. Word. It's just for me, it's a better feeling. Oh, I like Monday holidays better than the Fridays, especially when football season's here after Sunday night, like the Sunday football slate. The only thing I will say is better than the Monday holiday is if people have the Thanksgiving, Thursday, Friday combination off, that's dope as hell. It's clutch. There's a lot of companies that won't let you do that. Though. Oh. They'll let, they'll make you come back on that Friday. It's annoying. Um, that's why. I, I mean, I know I work from home, so I haven't even thought about it yet. Yeah. But yeah, that's that is a great combo. That because if you get off early Wednesday, because some companies will take care of you. Oh, some yeah. companies will let you go late. Go go early. Let go on Wednesday. So that you get an early half day Wednesday, off Thursday, off Friday into the weekend. Like that's that's pretty dope as a setup. I used to have to do that to go in on Friday, dude. You have to go in like hungover from like everything mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. It's just the worst. The oh worst. yeah. It's not even if you drink, you could just be full. Just foods, mm. just food coma. Like, I don't want to get up. I'm lazy right now. Nobody here actually, like, if they're performing, like, customer service or anything like that, nobody wants to be there because, like, everybody's mad that they have to go go shopping the day after Thanksgiving. So we have a fun episode today. I feel like this is the first week that's been, like, popping in sports for us. We started in the very dead spot of the sports calendar, but tons of shit to talk about this week. We actually have a special thing for you guys, the listener. Uh, we have at the very end of the show, we're opening up the phone lines. We have a we have a hot take line now. So the number's not there yet. I will throw the number on the screen. You guys can call in with your hot takes. You know, you can assess some of the takes we had on the show. If you hate them, you can argue with us. So it's a chance for you, the listener, to kind of be part of the show. You know, I think at Frizz and the Grizz, and D, you can correct me if I'm wrong with this, we want this to be like the community podcast, right? We want you guys to be invested in the show as much as we are. Yeah, big time on that one, Um and I say it every time. I know you guys that are, have listened to me, you know, when I'm streaming and gaming and whatnot. Same thing goes here with the podcast. Keep it respectful. Like, we all like to have fun. Uh, we want to make sure that this is in, as engaging as possible. But, again, we want to make sure that people are, are respectful to, you know, Trudeau and myself. Come come in and hot with our, with our hot takes. You know, if somebody wants to call me out for something that I spoke for, I'm pretty sure somebody will call me out for something stupid. Uh, I got no problem with that. But just make sure that we're, we we give some jabs but not too, uh, too many uh, bad jabs at each other. Yeah, so that's a little bonus for y'all watching live. If you're listening on podcast, catch us live every Monday, 8.15 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So let's get right into it. I feel like we're going to start with a lot of college football. And I think the biggest thing, and I think something that you and me disagree on, you know, we, we were getting at it via text, was like the whole NCAA uh, college football expansion, right? Because we both had mm-hmm. different opinions right off the bat with it. And I want you to give me your opinion. I'll, I'll tell you, the audience, why I disagreed with what Darian had to say. Yeah, so right off the bat, this is long overdue. Um, this is something that should have been talked about years ago. I remember, if you want to go all the way back to my analytical report in English class for college, I literally wrote about this, and it was because businesses that are you know terrible. The NCAA is a terrible business. I literally wrote about this 15 years ago. To have tw- to have only four teams at the time, the BCS was trash. But to have only four teams competing for the championship every year, like that fifth, sixth team, there's usually somebody else that's undefeated, one loss. That there's usually an area of like, oh, are they in? Are they not in? Twelve teams is perfect. Now you get every conference, give every t- everybody the opportunity to pl- compete for a championship, S- similar to the the NCAA basketball tournament. Like let these teams play on the field instead of letting you know, reports and computers decide who's the best team. It's annoying that like it took this long. Granted, we still have to wait another four years. It's 2026 is when it's going to be launched. But now we don't have to worry about like if there is a, p- a potential Boise State. Granted, it was a one th- one time thing, but that's all it takes. And then all of a sudden you have, cl- you know, the Clemsons of the world. Clemson wasn't anything 10 years ago. And it's like now they're, they're, they're a, a full fledged like powerhouse all they needed was one chance. And like, you can think about it. I think it was um, UCF a couple years back undefeated. where they were the only undefeated team uh, that year. 
Granted, they got smacked in the bowl. No, but no, like, no, 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 no. They won the bowl game. They beat no, Auburn. They, they played LSU the next year. So I'm, I'm saying thinking like about, they, uh, I'm thinking about the other year. They, yeah, they went, they went undefeated, and then they went undefeated again, and they were like, we deserve to be there. And then they got smacked by LSU. That was the game that changed Joe Burrow's life um, because he got rocked in it. But, like, not to go off on a tangent, but, like, that's like it's overdue. And I know where you're going to hit with this one, but, like, for yeah. me, it's just – it's more of being a fan of the game and being a player – where it's like, I, I want to see the best teams on the field competing for championships. I don't want to see the same four over and over. Because when there's 12, you're not going to get the same 12. It's just not possible that that many eggs in the basket are going to produce the same teams. Yeah, I think we we, we approach this news with different lenses. So you are a bigger college football, fan, college football fan than myself. Like, I'll watch it, but you are someone who's super invested in college football. I'm more of a professional NFL guy. And for me, the first thing I thought of was, wow, they're going to make a shit ton of money by having an additional, I don't know what's going to be like six to 10 extra games on TV, like big time games. So mm-hmm. the gen- the revenue generation that like ESPN or ABC is going to make is huge. And none of that money goes to the player. So my first thought is it's just a big, it's not, I, I there's many, there's many schools of thought, right? Like for you, you're like, oh, this mm-hmm. makes sure that you get the best possible champion, which I agree. I wish the schools and like the networks were approaching it the same way where they wanted to have a good champion. They're not concerned at all about who the hell wins this championship. They're concerned about how can I get more money for myself? And that's where my, my issue is with the whole situation. The way that I see it though, is this is baby steps because the, the granted five years ago, if you asked me the question, I would have said, absolutely not. I am. And still am a big advocate of not paying players, just not, it, it's going to, it ruins the competitive, the little bit of competitive advantages that some schools have because they're not playing, they're not paying players. You start to pay these kids. I do have a Alabama. For you. Oh, let me finish this one. Alabama, USC, right. Texas, the teams that have the most money will now be the best teams. Gr- so, granted, why do you like, think they have the most money? boosters okay. I, I understand that there are people there are also more celebrities that right. are giving back to those schools because they're a fan of those schools those celebrities aren't trying to help so, out michigan state here's you know the problem saying? with your your argument though is you're saying that your, your alabama's your texas your usc's of the world they have a lot of money because of boosters and then if they have a lot of money because of boosters the program can pay the players as much money as they want to get those players yep you don't think already even before NIL, that these boosters weren't lining the pockets of the players. Do you think? Let's. I want to honestly. Do you think that this wasn't happening before? Absolutely, it definitely was. So I'm, I'm not naive to that. So what? What changes fundamentally if the players players get paid versus what has already been in there historically? Because we're seeing a little bit of it now. Like it's all been kind of under the table. And granted, people have been caught before. Like I think Miami had this giant. I don't know how long their ban was. There's been other schools that's been banned because of um, SMU never recovered because of it. Exactly. So, but we're now seeing this on the surface level with NIL, where this NIL stuff isn't just your Joe Schmo car wash giving someone a hundred bucks, right? This is legitimate money that's being funneled by the boosters to the players. So, like, we're seeing the amount of money that's been pumped into college football, like on the surface level now, and I don't think anything changes if the school has to give out money. Right, but. Who's gonna set? Who sets the salary cap for this? Is what I'm saying. Is there going Why? to be a salary cap? Is there a difference between D one, two, three, D one, double A? Like again, right. it, it's 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 a it's a relative topic. But I know you said Joe Schmo's car wash. Look, I, I'm not by any means a professional athlete, but if Marisol's Cafe was gonna pay for my, you know, my uh, not room and board, but they just paid for my my like food. For me to promote chippies at Cressy, like I'd be happy with that. Granted, it's not like a hundred thousand dollars, but like you're giving me the opportunity to pay for a little bit of the school, but not getting like actual cash. Like, come on, man. Like, I, if, if UMass Dartmouth started paying people just in the D3 level, like they don't have the opportunity to do stuff that, um, like Curry College, yeah. Or you dub Whitewater, like those schools. So I don't want to get caught up in the the minutia of, of what is right paying the players or not. But let me yeah. ask you this. Let's say Alabama, let's say everyone could pay whatever they want to players, right? 
at some point, Alabama's money runs out. At some point, your Michigan, not Michigan State, maybe like a Western Michigan spends $4 million on the 10th best quarterback. They take all of their budget and throws at the 10th best quarterback and they get, get them to join their school. I feel like, if anything, being able to pay the players will actually take the talent and spread out more evenly because you can't have one school pay the 10 best defensive players, right? There has there, The market will kind of level out where players end up. I just think, yeah, my biggest thing about this whole should payers get players get paid debate is that we glance, we, we go straight to the competitiveness on the field and we glance past the fact of the matter is that these players are generating hundreds of millions of dollars for the school and they get nothing. We glance past how unfair the system is to the players as it is. We just say, well, it'll make my viewing experience unfair. Well, guess what? You know what's unfair? Busting your body, breaking bones, putting in all this work and making shit tons of money for the school. And we're just like, then the answer is like, well, we don't know how to make it work. So we're just not going to try. But they also get an education out of it. And granted, that's not that's not the traditionalist people that want to hear. Like, that's for me that you're getting a free education. Okay, something that other people are not benefiting from. Like people that have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt from schools that aren't called Alabama, North Carolina, USC, like Florida State, any of those like those kids, those 60, not even I think they could roster 90, those 90 to 100 student athletes that are on the football team don't have to pay a single thing when it comes to schooling. Okay, let me let me a single like that's $20,000 a year times 4. Let me ask you this. In 2022, the Big 10 network or the Big 10 conference signed a 10-year deal with CBS and NBC. How much do you think that deal was worth? I know it's an astronomical amount because they're splitting with the SEC now. They signed a 10-year deal worth oh, $350 million annually for one year, one year. So that means, I don't know how many, it's called the big 10, but there's like 12 schools now. I don't know how that works. Yeah. So essentially each school is taking in approximately $30 million a year for the football rights. You're telling me that a a couple scholarships is the same thing as 35 or $30 million. No, that's that's relative. Like that's not apples to apples, right. though. But I get your point. But that's not apples my, to my, apples. My point is like we don't look at any other job market and say it's totally fair that management is making ninety nine percent of the salary and we're making one percent because you would have people on strike. Fair enough. But if that if you want to go the the workplace mentality, what if employers started paying for people's benefits? That's essentially what colleges are doing by providing providing them with free education. If the workforce were at were allowing people to work and they were paying for the benefits, health insurance, dental, all that, that so, would be the same so thing. You That's be, essentially the same thing. You would be okay with people making pennies on the dollar if they had their housing taken care of by the work. I don't count other people's money. I don't but, but scratch that's, my that's head unless it itches and I don't making. dance unless I hear some music. I don't care. Like if my company is going to is going to pay me benefits to work there and get a salary. I don't care if they're making all this money, man. Like that's you. Th- one of these days I'll be, hopefully I'll be in their position to make that type of money. But while I'm on the ground level, the brute work, all that, I don't give a damn about how much money somebody's making. I don't count somebody else's pockets. I mean, it's easy to say when it's not you being exploited. That's all I'm saying. Right? Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. So table that one. Yeah, we'll table that for another time. But I think it, this whole this all goes back to the idea of the expanded playoff, right? Because you're going to have players playing more games. You're going to have the NCAA, NCAA generating more money. And to me, the the crux of the matter is that all that money is going to the schools. It's just lining more pockets. But let's talk a little bit about actually how this would work out, right? So there's going to be 12 teams. Essentially, the top four seeds will get a bye. So there's definitely an advantage to finishing the top four. I believe then like five to play the 12, six to play 11, so on and so forth. Um, And and then you'd have, in the current system, if you're a top four seed, you play two games. That'll move to at least three games, right? And then for the lower seeds, five through 12, you'd play either three to four games to get to the championship. I think actually it'd be four games to get the championship. So it's, that's, that's why, where, I, where I find it to be offensive is that 
you're asking these kids to play four more games of football for free. But it is what it is. Like I said, it, it's relative because of the, those games are already happening right now. If you're getting ready, the college football playoff is now a lot, is is adding two playoff games. Plus, if they play, if other teams weren't playing in the oh, if other get, teams are playing bowl games, on. there's your third game right there. So it's it's essentially the same exact thing. Can we can we just like I don't want to get caught up in this whole pain. <laughs> I watched a game last night. I think no tonight on Monday. It's we have Clemson versus Georgia Tech, and yep, literally it's, right it's like the Chick Fil A kickoff presented by Progressive, brought to you by Allstate on ESPN, <laughs> and the kids are making zero dollars off of that all that advertisement. So screw you, NCAA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you must be excited though, as as a fan of college football, you must be excited about this. I'm hyped, man. This is again, this is it was some of the best news college football has brought. Essentially, like when I knew they were scrapping the BCS, I was happy. I was hyped that they got it to four teams. You just knew that it, there was going to be issues with five and six. There's always going to be issues that close. Top five is really hard to like dif- differentiate, especially when there's one lost teams. Yeah. When you get to that twelve area. Best twelve. I, eight through t- eight, nine through twelve don't really matter as much. I want this. If you want, you like parody, right? Because you've been on here already saying I want parody. I want I want everyone to be competitive. Yep. I don't want the best twelve personally. I want pick the five major conferences or six, however many you want. Automatic automatic entries. So mm-hmm. if you win, uh, the, the Pac ten, the ACC, the Big Twelve, Big Ten, the Pac twelve, S and the SEC. Those I would the like to even five. expand it to one to a couple more. Like I want to have maybe the mm, Conference USA or the AAC. Was it ACC AAC? The American. It used to be the Big yeah. East. Give me the American Conference, right? Give me the Mountain West. Like I want all the conferences to have a chance to get in because it makes those conference championships games so much more important. Plus, if you want to see the little teams actually do something and get better. Would you rather go to Old Miss and never have a chance at a playoff, or would you rather go to the best Mountain West school and maybe have a chance to play for a national championship? Right, and I'm with you on that one. I think it should be every conference, every conference winner should, every conference championship winner should go to the, the college football playoff. Because one of one of my issues is like I kind of like the the four situation now only because if you lose one game your season can be done which done it makes every week super super exciting and i feel like if you have 12 and just say best 12 you're gonna have maybe three lost teams in there so it doesn't really it it kind of diminishes the value of each week in college football which that's kind of what makes it special because if you're in the nfl you lose four games you're peachy that's fantastic you lose two games in college football oh forget about it done you're done yeah and that's yeah i mean i don't know what the segue is but yes if you you say, right now, the way that the, the college football setup is one loss, you can still sneak in. A um, couple national championship teams have have you know one loss on their schedule. Have one loss on their schedule. Um, two games, you're you're out of there. You're literally out unless something magical happens, which I think we saw in 2012, 2010. Um, but yeah, usually one loss teams are good. Two loss teams, no chance. So you will see that. You know, you'll see the Ohio State's Michigan. Um, you know, they beat each other in one part of it, but they still get a chance to compete for the national championship. And then they're like, they get snake bit by another team one week because they just didn't show up. So like a two loss team, but still like a powerhouse two house, two loss team. will still, we'll still be able to compete in that. I do have a question is like, we're saying adding the extra teams will make it so much more open and fun and competitive. But do you honestly think there's a chance for anyone outside the top three? Because usually when we watch the college football playoffs, the number four, seed just gets smacked. True. I think you'll you'll see a lot very similar to what you were just saying with the point of people that may want to go to certain schools if they have the opportunity to play in the playoff. I think you'll see a lot if you have the top two teams, those guys are gonna blow out any of those 10 to 12 seeds. It's just gonna happen. But those four and five seeds, they can get clipped because all, all it takes is somebody that you know, an Oklahoma of the past, they think that they can just show up and beat Boise. No. It's not how it works. Or I think uh, Oklahoma even did the same thing against uh, Utah, like a team that's out West. You just think that they're, oh, they just spread the ball and we'll be fine. No, like those teams, they, they want it. They want to prove that they should be there. If you have, like I said, the three to four lost teams at like 11 and 12, that's going to be a blowout for whoever's awful. there. But if you have, you know, your your second place um, ACC winner, you know, Miami or Virginia Tech as opposed to Clemson, those teams could clip a four or five seed. Like they, it could happen. 
Yeah, I'm I'm here for it as as long as they get the auto ends to some of these conference winners because I think that'll make it wicked fun. Absolutely. So speaking of like one loss teams making the playoff, there's one one loss team always every year. Like this team's always like a one loss, and somehow they get thrown into the mix. And that's Notre Dame, and they're already a one-loss team. So we're going to jump into the week one stuff. I wanted to ask you, let's start with that game, Ohio State versus Notre Dame. So controllable chaos, right? And granted, I know they got a new head coach. Um, Love to see that, you know, the NCAA or at least some teams are doing their best with, you know, affirmative affirmative action, you know, hiring minorities because I think he's the first black African-American coach in Notre Dame history. So, like, I, I, I appreciate that. I respect that. Didn't help him. Ohio State's just that much better. And not only is Ohio State better, it's controlled chaos. So everybody looks at the box score and they go 21-10. They go, oh, my goodness, it was a close game. Like, they scored late and they kind of blew it open after that. No, they handled them the entire game. C.J. Stroud proved quarterback uh, proved that he's a Heisman hopeful again, that he's a top five draft pick in the NFL this year again. Like, he, he's just that team is just that much better. And when they wanted to turn it on, they could. Uh, so it was good to see Notre Dame doing what they could out there. But again, they're they're never gonna I won't say never. They are going to be a hard one two loss team every single year, and it's always a big game that happens to them. Notre Dame is, in my opinion, the most fraudulent team in college football every year because they finish with one or two losses, but they they'll play one or two hard games in the regular mm-hmm. season and lose them, and then they'll just beat up on cupcakes the rest blow of the up way. on navy army yeah. all those other teams that aren't dependents it's such um, a i made <laughs> no let's say let me really quick it's such an easy great thing for notre dame to be like hey we have this these historical rivalries we have to play them oh no woe is us and they play navy boston college i mean usc granted <laughs> they've been bad for the past couple of years but they their rivalries are so cupcake and they just cakewalk through the regular season I made this analogy and I laughed when I said it. I was just like, Notre Dame is, they always have this expectation of being really good every single year. And then they fall on their face. They're literally like the worst America's. Ooh, they're the Cowboys of college football. And like, I lost it. No, that's it was like every single year. It's the same thing. It's their back. They have new facilities, a new head coach. Like we're running a whole different offense. We're going to come back out here and do absolutely nothing they're gonna lose again the biggest game that they could play it just happens every single year i had a tough time watching that game because i i legitimately don't like either of those teams i i didn't i couldn't tell who i wanted to win more i think if i had to pick though man i i just can't stand the ohio state people i don't know what it is <laughs> i think it's because they believe they own the word the so it, it kind of rubs they me try the to trademark way. that yeah yeah I don't like Did that. they do it? I know that there was talks about it, but I don't know if they actually got it. How can you trademark the word the? the w- <laughs> like everything written ever, you have to pay Ohio State money for using the word the. Yeah. <laughs> like they invented it or something. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. I was just like, this is just incredible. But yeah, Ohio State's a team that hard to root for unless like you're dead up into the, into because again, they're one of those overachieving, underachieving style teams. I think it also was Urban Meyer just being there for a while rubbed me the wrong way. I'm, I'm going to be Could pulling be for Mich- Michigan this year because that's really the only team that I think that can dethrone them. There's always like the eyeball who starts the season six and f- zero and falls off, but I need someone to just because Ohio State Michigan always beat good. them. I know Ohio State's always good for that one loss. They're always yep. good for that one loss, and then they always make it in for some reason because the the because the name. That's yeah. that's it. They it's a sexy name that put up in like yeah, like you said, it's it's about the money, uh, but it's a sexy name to see Ohio State championship. Like no matter what phrase it's it's put in, they love you know, bo- not boosters. The people that like pick all that stuff with the computers and what analytics, they love seeing Ohio State up there as opposed to Michigan State. Um, but I, I, I you mentioned Michigan, um, Michigan wrapped up. You know they they blew out Colorado State. Um, they're in a two quarterback system. Set it for years. If you got two, you don't have one. I don't understand why they're doing this. They got a, I think it's like a McNamara is their starter. And he's like the seasoned vet went out there. He did his thing. No turnovers, limited passing. Cause it was, again, it's a blowout. And then they got the sophomore JJ, uh, JJ McCarthy or McCartney. And like they started McNamara and the, the announcers are talking about JJ being the starter for the next week. And I'm like, why are let the man play. And of course they, you know, they subbed him in and out and like they went back and forth. And it's just like, I get it. It's Colorado state, but like, I'm not like, if I'm a senior or a junior, mm. you're waiting your turn. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey man, this is my team. 
you should have beat me out in camp. So, like, I, I just don't like the two-quarterback system thing. Granted, like I said, they they beat Ohio State last year with it. Who yeah. knows if it'll work again? Um, but, like, they look good. Again, it's Colorado State, but you shut out anybody in, in any sport, it's good, let alone when you, you hang half a hundred. I thought week one, like usually week one is a pretty bad slate of football because there's a lot of blowouts. There's not there's not really any conference games in week one. I'll do I, this for you. Yeah, well, it's a lot of big schools paying little schools to get their ass kicked. Well, I'm saying the big name week one games now, though. It's, it it's all because of, like you said, Chick-fil-A college football kickoff presented by Geico with a progressive you know thing in the back. Like that's that's why you're seeing these games. Also, teams are scheduling years in advance so like they're like oh i think we'll be good let's take on this team in four years and like th- then they get good and now it's a big game and you like have to actually like promote that yeah i do think it was a pretty like considering the the non-conference game scheduled i thought it was a pretty good slate there were a couple games that really interested me i'll go with one of mine that i was really surprised by and i'll let you kind of go because i only watched a few games i don't know how much you watched this weekend mm-hmm I was shocked at the Georgia Oregon score. I was shocked. If you don't know Georgia, who were they were in the national championship game last year, they won the SEC yes. last year. They won um, the national championship last year. So they had a phenomenal defense, like a historic defense last year, and they actually lost to the NFL draft this past year. I think fifteen players. So like they every are starter. every starter gone. So you would think they'd have a fall off, but good God, they throttled Oregon. So. Uh, let's see, Georgia, I believe, was ranked third. They finished with 49 points to Oregon, who was 11th ranked, three points. It was not even close. And no. I'm super surprised. I'm glad because I don't want to see Alabama just kind of steamroll the SEC, uh, although I don't think they play each other this year in regular season. It's just SEC championship yeah. if they do. But, man, that game really shocked me. Not – it didn't if you – and I know, get the casualness, which is fine, man. Like, I, I if you pick up more in college football because of, like, it, this, yeah. I got no problem with it. But the writing was on the wall. Each and every year, Oregon, they schedule a top dog team. They use it as their strength of schedule for the end of the season. They get blown out <laughs> every beginning of the season because they'll take on an SEC team. A couple of years ago, it was LSU. Yeah. This year, it's now you know Georgia. They're doing their best. You know what I'm saying? Like they're a good team. They're, yeah, they got but, money. Yeah, they'll what they'll do is they'll take this on the chin. You know, granted, a, I don't think they wanted to get blown out like that, but they'll lose this, rip off ten to you know ten to eleven wins, and then they'll use it. Hey, we played Georgia at least. I mean, it doesn't help you if you lose by 40 points, but it is what it is for them. I will say, like, for Oregon, they did lose their head coach, Mario Cristobal. He left for the University of Miami, and I believe he took a lot of assistance and some players left. Mm -hmm. So that 11 ranking for Oregon might have been a little fraudulent. It might have just been reputation from last year. So I'm I'm not sure if this actually is a legitimate 11 overall, but that was still super impressive because they waxed them like you would wax, like, a Division II school. There's... They're good. They are good. They are so good. Granted, Stetson Bennett is like the you know the Heisman hopeful for the team. The returning lovable quarterback looks good out there, dude. They have a tight end. His name is Darnell Washington. He's the guy that leaped over a man on the sideline. He's six seven, two hundred and seventy pounds. Mm. One of the largest offensive players. I have ever seen it. Like when he left the ground, when he left the earth, it was like, wow, that's a big guy jumping like that. And like I texted and, you know, tweeted like a couple of my friends, like, you guys see that guy just jump off of the ground? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, he's 6'7, 270. He's a sophomore. It's just, they just breed these months. Like they just keep coming. Like that, Georgia, we man. thought Giannis Antetokounmpo was like a freak na- of nature. Like first we saw LeBron, we got lucky to see 6'8", 250. And then Giannis out of a bottle, you know, 6'10", 270, moves like a guard, but like his big man like Shaq. And then this motherfucker, 6'7", 270, leaping over people. Like I said I could play in the NFL, not a chance. I could play D1, bro. Not against that. Like I'm humble now at 35. Like not a <laughs> chance of playing against that. Like. Would you want me to tackle him, coach? Come on. I'm going to make a business decision. <laughs> so were there any other games that caught your interest in week one? Caught my interest? Um, I mean, I'm wearing the purple for a reason. Well, we'll get to that. That We'll say that okay. at the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
a lot of a lot of blowouts, um, but a lot of controlled games that like you got to see like where everybody was. We got to see exactly what Alabama did. Uh, Ohio State, obviously, like you mentioned, I want to see DJ tonight with Clemson. Uh, I'm checking in like here and there, but like I, I haven't really checked the game or whatnot. Um, that week one provided what I wanted it to provide. There wasn't anything that was like going to show. Hey, this is the game that we're going to talk about for a week, except for what happened last night. That's that's well, the game. Yeah, that, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that. The only thing I, I was hoping for is I love to see one of these schools who pay uh, a lesser team come come play them and get their ass kicked. And I was praying so bad. I was watching NC State. Weird enough, I was watching NC State and ECU, and it was a one point. Hey, game. I yep. Go ahead. Oh no! Did you also see the the craziest game? The North Carolina onside kick is that no, what you're talking about? No, App State North Carolina it was like a basketball score. I think it was like sixty three to to like sixty or some shit. So I won't lie. It's fun because like it, it's good being in an area where like like I go to the store and people oh, yeah. saying go state. Yeah, dude. Like it was it was awesome. But like there are people that will say go state down here because they're an NC State fan, North Carolina, ECU, Appalachian. It's Appalachian State, by the way, not Appalachian. So say it right. Um, but like that game, I got to watch like bits and pieces of both of those games, and I was like, Oh, this is kind of dope. Like Four Carolina teams going at it, man. I like it. Um, but like they dope. were all good games. So like if, if you get a chance to recap those, definitely check them out. ECU look good. Appalachian and North Carolina. That game was ridiculous. Um, that onside kick from the North Carolina game. Dog. I have never seen that in my life. I felt bad for the players. They got they, leveled. There's no way they expected it. Not a. Ch- it's never happened. Not once. I don't think. A, I don't think the receiving Do team you- has ever done that. Do you think that a kid on App State saw that and was just like, yeah, this is the last day I play football. Like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe. But no, it was in a chance that, like, they were actually needed to, like, win to help them. So, like, you got, like, starters out there. You got guys that are like, yeah, onside kick. Hey, front line, get down in the stands, take them all out. But, like, they're running high, right? Yeah. They're running high to then, you know, clip them. And then North Carolina was like, all right, snap. And they just took out everyone. Oh, that was that was dope. By the way, I so loved that. Where, where you are in North Carolina, have you been there during basketball season? Yes, I so, was there for. I was here for the Coach K last game at North Carolina. Are you in like a, a North Carolina Tar Heels area, or are you in a Duke area? Like how how do they roll? They so it's I'm outside of it. Uh, I'm outside of Raleigh. Okay. So this is the area that everybody is like Split. not neutral. Yeah, but like you can drive down once you can drive down my street and you can see state NC Duke Appalachian um, Wake Forest. Like you can see a whole bunch of different schools on the same street and then it'll just repeat. You go into, you know, we went to Sam's clubs today um, and that's, you know, this side is promoting state. This side is promoting Carolina. This side is promoting Duke. Uh, so it's, it's crazy, man. I love it. It love the atmosphere for, for, for college sports. All right, so we talked about a lot of teams that were playoff hopefuls, you know, teams that could finish top four. Before we get to actually the next topic, do you have a prediction for your like top four right now to make the college football playoff? If you had to just rat tat tat, you know, four guesses. I'd say Georgia finishes one just because of the way that they look. Bama finishes two because people can't they can, but like they'll just drop a spot just because of the name. I think that people want to get that, get Georgia to be one. Um, I think Michigan could be the the top three this year. Um, they, again, they look good and they finally got over the hump of beating um, Ohio state. I, I find it hard to keep putting Ohio state in the top five, but here's a sleeper for you just because like nobody likes to play them, especially now that they're in the sec, Texas A&M. That's a solid A&M one. Is, yeah. A&M is a team that's is, is scary. Good. They're a hell of a home team, and now that they're in the SEC, like they have that powerhouse mentality, um, and they play a rough schedule. Like they'll play Auburn, they'll play Georgia, um, even at the one loss team. Like if they if they keep it close and and beat, I mean if they keep it close and lose to Georgia, like people will reward them for that. All right, no, I appreciate that. So we talked about your top four. Let's talk about two teams that won't be in those top four. Ah. Uh... You I know, mean, so. three or four of them. Oh, oh man. Yeah, you just saw the update on the thing, huh? So we're going to talk about the game last night, LSU versus Florida, because I alluded to two teams that would not be in those playoffs. <sighs> so if you don't know, Darian is a huge LSU fan, and he was peppering me last week. Yo, like, yo, LSU, this, they're going to be nice this year. Like, FSU, LSU game is going to be dope. Like, watch. So I don't usually watch the games, but, man, I watched from start to finish the last night's game, I'm so happy I watched that game because that game was 
phenomenal. It was a beautiful game to watch. For non-college fans, if you tuned into that as a game, you'd be happy. Like, this is what college football is like. Like, the the atmosphere, the game itself, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys. Like, it was, it was a great back-and-forth game. You even thought a part of it was over, and then you realize that these are kids. And mistakes happen when when kids are involved. The mo- the shot the bright the the light shine bright. I've been in situations that happened last night, so like I can put myself in those spots and be like, "Wow, that's yep, that happens because it's <laughs> you're a college football athlete, and there are a hundred thousand people watching in the stadium and millions of people watching on TV." Yeah, I I think the funniest thing for the audience is this is kind of how this went. So we're wa- I was watching the game, Darren's watching the game. I know he loves the LSU Tigers. The the pump the pump muff happens right, so LSU loses the ball. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, the game is over." Because at this point, FSU's up a touchdown. I just text him, "Bruh," and Darren's just like, "Oh man, like this stupid shit keeps happening." Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. FSU gets to the one yard line, fumbles. I'm like, "Dude, you're back." LSU drives all the way down to the to the one yard line or something like that. Scores. And I just text him, wow, he's in you were ecstatic. And all, and all of a sudden the extra point misses. And I just go, bruh. And but the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, the thing is, Darian's on delay. He doesn't yep. know what's about to happen. I see the kick go doink, and I'm like, oh man, bruh. And he just goes, let's fucking go. So <laughs> so excited because he thinks he's about to win this game or go to overtime. And I'm like, oh no. This man doesn't know his team just lost the game. Mm-mm. So I usually, because I stream everything, I usually, as you can see here, I turn off my phone, right? Not turn off, but like I'll flip, I'll turn it over and like it doesn't usually go off or anything like that because I'll feel it on this. And then like anybody that's texting me, calling me, anything like that, I'm like, keep, wait till the game's over because I'm not trying to look at my phone and I have, have it spoiled. You spoiled the first one when you wrote, bruh, because it was before the fumble. And I was like, what? And then it happened. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I flipped my phone over. I was like, I'm not doing this. Not tonight. So like, I didn't walk away. I sat here staring at the TV. I was like, just do do something, cause some type of accident or give up a touchdown, get them in the end zone quick. And then I literally saw them snap and go to pitch. I was like, they're tossed. And he fumbled. I was like, oh, like I lost it, but I can't yell because everybody's sleeping upstairs. And I felt my phone vibrating, everybody going back and forth. I'm like, all right, shut up. Like, I'm trying to watch the damn game. They drive down the field. And, again, the reason why I knew this was going to be a bad signing is because Brian Kelly is not for the big moment. It happened again. Like, I think his name is Jaden Daniels. This kid came out of nowhere, right? Sophomore quarterback, like, Jaden Jefferson, sorry. Um like it came out Daniels. It is Daniels. Sorry, I'm getting Jordan Jefferson and, and Daniels mixed up because he looks like Jordan Jefferson from the old days. He, the kid came out of nowhere and drove them 99 yards. Like it was you know how hard so- that is was, to do. So- Whether you get a timeout, not- what's up? It was soft coverage. It doesn't matter. Still, 99 yards is not easy to do. All it takes is one bad pass or somebody gets tackled in bounds. Like you still have to. Like yeah. I get it, it's easier with college because the first downs and the timeouts. But, like, you still have to maneuver 99 yards. And that happened. When they did that, this is, again, the moment that you need to you separate yourselves from good to great. You can't take that momentum after three botched special teams, like, issues, and then say, all right, special teams, let's go tie the game. Like, well, you, you got you them want, on the You wanted road. them to go for the two of that I wouldn't have, I'm a fan of take the points. That's not a situation where you take the points. They literally – they have a hot quarterback. Like, the, the the game even tried to, like, help them out, but not even help but like, screw them over by saying, is he out of bounds? Is he not out of bounds? I should have lost that game there, though, like, being honest, because he was at, he was in bounds on that ta- – like, when the player got they tackled They could have just got up play. and snapped it, though. They could have just got up and snapped it's it. It's not a rolling clock there? No. They, so there is a rule that the referees can't – in college football, which is a stupid rule, they can decide if it's a rolling clock if a player's downed inbounds because of their timeout. Gotcha. So, like, he's trying to get out of bounds. He's down, obviously, with their rule, and they called the timeout. Like, they could have just got up and spiked it. The referees paused the game. So, like, they weren't going to run the clock because of that. I don't – I'm not going to sit here and shit on Chip Kelly today. Or We Brian. did this before the show. It's not Chip Kelly. It's Brian Kelly. Yeah. I don't know why we keep doing the Chip Kelly thing. They look alike, I tell you that. 
um, old dudes just that run the same style offense. I wasn't even gonna say that. They just old dudes that keep running the same offense. Uh, um, but I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna fault him for the mistakes that happened. The block kick, it, it happens. The muff pump, like he, he's not the one on the field. I thought they did a great job getting down the field and that long drive to to almost tie the game. The play calling was great. They played good tempo. They found guys open. I think the problem with LSU, honestly, is like. Their quarterback, he's a phenomenal athlete, it seems like. I just don't see his passing ability. Like when right. you, when you see the the FSU quarterback, I don't know how good he's supposed to be. That kid looked very good. Like he three had, step, five step drop balls it, out. It wasn't even that. He he was very efficient at moving around in the pocket and just getting the ball on a dart in the pocket, mm-hmm. avoiding guys. He reminded me of I mean, this is he's not this type of guy, but he the way he played reminded me of a lot of Patrick Mahomes, where you can just kind of easily move around the pocket play and, alive. Just, yeah. and just get the ball out. But I think that's going to be a problem for LSU going forward is their quarterback play and their offensive linemen. I don't know how good, again, I'm not a college football expert. I don't know how good FSU is. I know last year they weren't so great and they've been bad historically the past couple of years. I was surprised how easily their defensive line broke through like one-on-one pass blocking of LSU. So I would be concerned from that point of view for yourself. Going forward though, like Brian Kelly is not known as a game day coach, his specialty is recruiting. And I think even when he went to Notre Dame, they were pretty bad for a couple of years before he got all his guys in there. So mm-hmm. I know you love the Tigers. I'm just saying, give it some time. Cause I have, I'm feeling like with the sec and his recruiting ability, long-term it'll be better. Possibly. I, I don't like the, like you said, the game day part of Brian Kelly. He's like, not that it, guy. Yeah. I get that Notre Dame, historically the last five to 10 years while he was, you know, under, under head coach, like they were in the top five for recruiting. I'm not in for it for recruiting. The name LSU gets recruits, right? Like it's, it's Louisiana state, you know, university just coming off of a national championship in 2020. So like, it's not like they're, they don't have the reputation that they need a coach to pull in recruits. See what I'm saying? Like they, their name, their prestige will pull in people just because their state, like dominant athletes out of Louisiana Go will pull in athletes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like I get that. I just the the big games that are going to always hurt. It's it's the those are the ones that hurt him. The the games that he gets clipped by Michigan State, the games that he gets clipped by Ohio State, like the big games, it always, always seems to happen. They even rolled back that Notre Dame almost lost to Florida State last year in a very similar style of game. Notre Dame, I think, kicked the field goal and won this year. Florida, I mean, LSU got their kick blocked. So it's like, these are teams, big games on your schedule that you should not be losing to. And like you said, he's not on the field. So like, I I get the, you know, the two muff punts. Once you muff one, it's going to happen again. You got to get out of there. You just, it's just in your head. You got to get out of there, especially in that situation. Let the ball hit the ground. He was at the 10. If it's over your head, don't back up, let it go. And he did. He backed up and caught it at like the six fumble. Thank God that it wasn't a touchdown, but like that happened once early in the game. Kayshawn Booty didn't show up. Like he's oh, the frustration behind, you know, when you see people in, behind you from the past, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why people wear number seven at LSU is because of the dominant Patrick Peterson. Peterson turned into Ryan Matthew. Teron Matthew turned into Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette turned into, um, Oh my goodness! Sorry, that's your squad, not man. Beckham. I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I know that. I know that. There's a long list of sevens, right? So, like, you get number seven. Like, you're supposed to be that guy, right? Grant Delpit. Sorry, was last year, um, when he was there, and to show up. And no, I don't care if you're like, I. They're not scheming me to get open. You're the superstar. Get open. You see what I'm saying? Like, make it so that you can catch a pass. And he ran a post in the first quarter. I was like, this is it. That that's the game right there. He ran a post. No, no. He had one-on-one coverage. Granted, there might have been a safety going coming over the top, but he didn't even turn for the ball. He just let the ball literally like hit him in the shin and go, oh, what's that? And then it's like, all right, this hey, do you want to play or do you not want to play? And that type of mentality carried over literally three quarters. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, guys, we got we only got seven minutes left. We got to play. So you can't wait. That, the you know. la- the end of the game was fantastic. The first yeah, half was just god awful. I will Awful say, them. on a not serious note, I feel like LSU has to fire Brian Kelly today just the way he looked on the sideline. The fate, the faces they were catching on ESPN. <laughs> face. He looked like yeah. such an oaf. Like just he was up there, there. with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eli Manning type of so, zoom-ins. Like, you just look, he's just like... Someone, had, someone on his staff has to tell him, like, bro, you look so stupid right now. Please stop. Stop. I don't need energy all the time because, like, that's, you know... 
but just don't look confused. Damn, do I miss Coach O. But, like, give me something. Give me a, give me a good job. You know, get off the side of that. All right, defense. Not just, like, I can't stand this. It wasn't even that. It was this. Look. Friend, but I was saying, like, get the, the, call the play and then just sit there. What's going on? I don't know. So, yeah, man. Sucking again, on his lips. I, I'm good, and I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm good with championships from LSU for another five to ten years. Once I get to that 10-year clip is when I'm like, all right, guys, you need to figure it out. But granted, this might not be the year. 2020, I'm still living off of that because it was such an incredible year. But that's how I feel for it. Let's get off. This is a touchy subject for the LSU-FSU game. Hopefully the Tigers have a better rest of the season for your sake. But let's get to something more fun, a a segment that everyone loves. It's highly controversial. Yes, that's right, folks. It's time. Prepare yourselves for the greatest and most unique segment in podcast history. Let's rank some stuff with D. It's time for Frizz's Five. Woo! All right, so this week, you gave me top five Gatorade flavors. I want to ask you, how did we get to top five Gatorade flavors this week's Frizz's Five? I was honestly thinking it was it's the college football atmosphere. Like it was it's watching a lot of pregame recap, uh, post yeah pregame like ramp ups. Um, I even like walked over into like the like the kitchen was just like oh, I could use Gatorade right now, and I was like ooh, bang! Why don't we do that? Um, because it's it's football season. Like usually the, you know we would be just coming off of camp, ready for week one. You know I I know what flavors I like, and like we say it every time we get into this segment. It's not your top five. It's Frizz's my top five. I'm excited for this one because everyone knows Gatorade. Everyone loves Gatorade. And I just want to give a little preclude for everyone. Listen, there's a lot of you here now. Stick around. We're going to take your calls after this segment. So you can talk about the Donovan Mitchell trade. You can talk about college football. You can talk about this Gatorade list. It's your choice. So stick around. All right, Darian, before we start, what what are our options here? I'm, I'm running through them. Orange, red, purple, Green is there a green Gatorade? I think so. Yep. Yellow, blue, red. Am I missing one? You said red twice. Um, so yeah, one. I went off of colors because I'm not a Fed. But <laughs> if you fed. have the actual like names for them, like that'll help out. We don't call them flavors, man. Come on now, athletes don't call them flavors. They call them by their colors. All right, so let's go. Let's start the list. Number so, five. First one, number five, right off rip. I'm going with grape. Grape Riptide Rush, I think is the color for is is the is like the actual flavor. Uh, I like grape. You know, grape juice itself is good. It still tastes a little bit like you know cough medicine sometimes. Uh, it's not like something that I would go grab like, um, let's just say like out of the cooler. But if it's like at you know res or something like that, and like all they have is just that flavor, I'm drinking it. I'll, I'll definitely drink it. It's not a bad one. I like grape because when you drink a grape Gatorade, you don't get a um, an aftertaste. Some of the Gatorade flavors you get like it's real, real sugary, and afterwards I'm just I'm more thirsty than I started. I'm digging. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that one. Um, this one actually could be quick hitters because it's yeah, it's kind of just straight to the point. Yeah, uh, there's really no buildup for it. But number four used to be in the top three, no longer there because I'm an adult now. Red fruit punch. I'm gonna be honest, not in my top five. I, that's the one when I think of like one that's sugary afterwards, and I'm very I'm red, super sugary. Yeah, it, it doesn't help me after. I like, again, because it, when I was a kid, you loved the sugar. You were just like, this is awesome, fruit punch, everything. As an adult, you're just like, look, man, I'm just trying to get hydrated. I'm not trying to, you know, after I'm done drinking, like, I, I don't need water after I just drink Gatorade. Gatorade should do that for me. Uh, but yeah, fruit punch is, is, I like the flavor. I definitely like the taste, obviously. It's something that I could drink without it involving sports. Like, I could just drink red Gatorade as, like, a dinner meal, like, with my dinner. Mm. I'm not going to do that because we're adults, but, like, it just has better taste as, like, uh, as a drink, as the Gatorade as compared to, like, how the other ones are. Is it your go-to hangover drink is Gatorade? It's got to be right. It was. It it was. I Dude, I don't get hungover anymore. I don't drink. I got two little devils upstairs, man. I can't yeah. afford to get drunk. No. For me, like, if I drink anything, I'm, 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 I can't sleep now. I'm hungover mm-hmm. the next day and thirsty as hell. You know why I can't sleep? Because I wake up 30 times throughout the night drink water. It's awful. <laughs> Don't get old, people. Stay young. It's not the old Four loco days? You're oh, <laughs> God, dude. We should rank Four loco flavors next week. I, not I got, a chance, I got a man. Not a chance. Uh, go all right. Uh, number three. Cool. Number three, three, baby. Number three. We're going with ripped, uh, blue. Cool blue. 
Now, is it the the dark blue or the lighter blue? Light blue, light blue. Dark blue is too mm-mm, too much sugar in I'm it. In. See, it's like the older you get, the older you get, the less sugar you really need for it. But light blue is a, it's a cool. It's like uh, it's like glacier esque. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you you drink it, it's just like it's always seems like it's cold. Um, very refreshing. So I'm a big see light blue g- glacier freeze. There we go. Uh, I said if I said the wrong name, my apologies. But yes, it's the the glacier freeze. Uh, it's it good flavor. Definitely, definitely good, good flavor for it. Number three, again, I feel like the three is always like the left out, left out, you know, um, top five. Uh, we always talk four or five is good. Three is kind of like, eh, all right. But number two, this is where we get down to the nitty gritty because it's going to allow you to know what number one is. It used to be number one, but it's number two now. Orange. I love me some orange, and I'm not going to give it away. I don't give a damn if I give it away because, like, it used to be my favorite Starburst. Orange is not the favorite Starburst anymore. But if you know that orange is number two, and I get your reaction after it, the number one tasting Gatorade that is out there. Ooh, Hold on. Are you ready for the number one? Let's go. It's yellow lemon lime, baby. The best Gatorade flavor out there. There's nothing that touches it. God, yellow is the most refreshing. You, I literally could drink three of them if I'm after camp, after basketball, after football, literally anything. Give me three of these yellows. I'm like Stone Cold Steve Austin, baby. Just chugging them down. Like it's it's the best flavor that's out there. The best tasting. The most refreshing. That shit is always cold. It's out there, man. Like oh. Give me some yellow Gatorade. No matter, I think that's even like the choice of like coolers. Like nobody wants, nobody wants orange, red, or yellow, nor orange, red, or blue Gatorade when they, you know, that naturally they call our stuff Gatorade. Those old school commercials, it was lemon lime. It still is lemon lime. It's the best. Whoo, hyped about that one. I'm glad your list, you know, manifested the way it did because last <laughs> week I was salty at you for having the Big Bang Theory as a top five. <laughs> comedy show but my one and two for gatorade is yellow and orange but flipped so i think i had the exact same thing you used to have i'm with you man i like it yeah big fan big fan i think again orange was up there it used to be fruit punch if this were like 15 20 years ago it'd go like red orange yellow but like the older i got and the more that i actually was like "Mm, let me get some in that yellow it's like this is this is it this is the flavor the best one all right, so this is the part of the show where we get dangerous and we end up by getting kicked <laughs> off of Twitch. We're yep. opening up the phone lines. The topic can be, if you want to get after D for his takes on Gatorade, go for it. If you have something from college football earlier, that's fine. When there's no one on the line, we're going to talk about the Donovan Mitchell trade to kind of fill. But as you call in, this is all I'm asking of you. You're going to start. Give me your name, where you're from, and what you got. All right. I don't need, and please be respectful. We don't need any curses, okay? <laughs> We're going to try to keep this as PG as possible, but it probably won't stay that way. As much as we can. So Donovan Mitchell gets traded from the Jazz to the Cavaliers. D. Can you just run down what the actual trade was so we know that front? Yeah, Cavs sent, um, I think it was Laurie Markkinen, big wing, I mean, big, big, uh, shooting big, stretch big. Um, they got a first rounder that I can't, First round wing, I can, I'm going to butcher his for his last name. Not a chance that I get it. Uh, and then Colin Sexton, in which Sexton ex- was extended once he got to um, once he got out there in in Utah. Uh, good guard, good defensive guard. Um, the big thing, and this is Trader Danny did the same thing when he was in Boston. It's the draft picks. They accumulated first round picks for 2025, 2027, 2029, and then pick swaps for 2026 and 2028. Five draft picks. I know that we had set it off air. Um, I think Danny's doing his best to do the same that he did in Boston, which was throw a bunch of picks at the wall. Um, yeah, if you got to take this one, definitely do All that. Right, so this is this is our first caller. Let's. See oh, hey, we, let's go. Let's see how dangerous we get. So there, I think they're on hold on mute, so they, we can't hear them right now. But I'm gonna unmute you in a sec. So, name where you're calling from and what you got for me. All right, go ahead. Taihe. Call him all the way from the Northeast. <laughs> Check it out. Okay. All I got to say is I'm really feeling some type of way about Orange being number two. I, I can't even believe it's in the top five. Like, I am completely, utterly disappointed to the point of I feel like logging off. Orange is the worst Gatorade flavor 
probably in the cooler. I, I'm I'm pretty sure every single spot you go to, orange is always available. So I feel I feel awfully disrespected right now. It's the, disgusting. In, out of the top five, how? What if if orange probably, is out of your top five? I'm gonna put it on 12. you. What is what would be your top five if orange isn't even in the five? Listen, there's I got yellow, light blue, yellow, light blue. And that's all that really matters, to be honest. All I saw right. red. All right. Hey, listen. I appreciate you in the chat, and I appreciate you, you know, calling in for the first time. Don't come on my show and only give me two <laughs> colors. Come on, man. Yeah. If you're gonna, if you're gonna question Ty- the way that we're doing this, like at least hit me with at least your top five, so I can question why you ain't got orange yeah. out Ty, there. Ty, how about but if this? you're just gonna tell me glacier blue and, and and yellow, come on. Ty, I'm gonna put you on hold for a second. I have another call, but I want your top five. All right, so I'm gonna come back to you. Oh, they they hung up. So listen, if you're calling, it, I can only take one at a time. So please, you know, if you if you don't get through the first time, try again. We're we're trying to learn this thing together. So Ty, do you have a top five for us, real quick, or are you just gonna come and criticize orange? I think we might have lost him. We lo- we lost him. All right, that was fun. Thank you, Ty. Nope, he gone. Yeah, I like it. I appreciate that, man. Appreciate all right, you. All right. Um, so yeah, that was fun. So what you were saying, so the Donovan Mitchell trade. Uh do you have do you have any side of that that you actually mm-hmm. like? Uh I like the rebuild, uh full rebuild. If you're gonna go in, jump you know, jump both feet in. Like if you don't don't oh. feather the waters and Oh, we got another one. I forgot to mute mute it in between. I gotta I gotta get better at this. All right, so again, hey, the way that we said it at the beginning. Please again bear with us as much as I'm possible. Learning. This is the first time that yeah, we are all learning. This is again episode five. Not only is it episode five, this is the first time we're doing live calls. I think this is an incredible segment that will allow us to grow even further as a as a podcast. But like I might, there's I, gonna be some growing pains. So I feel like please we should just outsource the whole show next time and just have people call and give their hot takes. <laughs> yeah, just, just say one thing and just have everybody call all us right. out on it. So I, I think someone's on the line right now. So if you are on the line with me, what name and where you're calling from and what's your hot take or what you got for us? Did I lose them? I think you did. See, I'm still learning. I'll put this you on. You need to upgrade again. that Boost Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> it's T-Mobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I legit have T-Mobile and I can't get it service anywhere else. All right. I got, I got it again. Let's try this one more time. All right. So All right. Uh, name where you're calling from, what you got for me. Oh, you know what it was? I don't have them. I got to change. Did you to switch the, the Bluetooth? I got to switch the Bluetooth so every I, time. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Go. Again, again, caller. Name where you're from <laughs> and what you're talking about. Uh, it's Sloan from Rhode Island. Uh, I'm just calling about the, uh, the Donovan Mitchell trade. I got to say, uh, you know, the Knicks, they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. They didn't have the depth that the Cavaliers had. So I, I think they weren't really in a position to make that trade. If, if they made the trade, you know, either they're giving up too many picks if it doesn't involve Mitch Robinson and RJ or they're giving up too much, too much, uh, too many player assets and RJ and Mitch. Either way, at trade, you know, if they, if they make that happen, Donovan Mitchell's not making them a serious contender right away. So I just don't know where the Knicks are going. I think the Cavs are in great shape after that deal. And I'd probably be pretty excited if I was a Jazz fan too. They got so many picks. I like the new Thunder. Yeah, I'm with you on the Knicks angle because they're going to have to give up um, RJ to, to get that trade done. I don't think acquiring Donovan Mitchell really puts them over the hump. They're probably, what, like the seventh best team in the East with that trade? Still lower seed, yep. And you're you're kind of kneecapping yourself draft pick-wise because you're, you're going to have to trade, what, I mean, at least three first rounds and two pick swaps is what it looks like the trade was going for. And do you really want to build around Julius Randle and Donovan Mitchell for the next you know five to six years? Right, we found out the true Julius Randle, where he started off really hot at the beginning of last season, and then he fell off second half. It was like he when he became the guy, and then I think RJ took over in the second half was a little bit better. I, I wish that he was still on the line with us, but I'm pretty sure RJ Barrett had there. the better second half. I think he's still there. So Sloan, do you think that any one party in this trade, the Jazz or the Cavs, made out better than the other? Well, I mean the Cavaliers, they're in a in a win now situation. So I, I think the Cavaliers obviously made it out better, but you know Danny Ainge, he's got so many pieces, and and Danny Ainge with with fifteen first rounders in the next dec, you know, half decade, I think he's he's in a great spot too. Um, but you know, I think the the Cavaliers should be the happier. You know, they should be really happy about the fact that they got probably one of the 
one of the top four starting fives in the NBA at this point. Yeah, they're definitely up there. Their depth is good. Their bench is going to be good, and they have young. They have young players. Evan Mobley um, came out last year as being an incredible guard, uh, incredible wing um, as a first round pick. So it's like that's that's what they needed. They needed that solidified su- star, not quite a superstar, but somebody that can you know Dwayne Wade ish get you into a, a championship area if you can just you know bite the bullet and play some great defense. And they got they got really good length. Really good length for defense. I think that I think they might trade. Uh, they might trade Karis Levert now because I don't know if he really fits that that equation. I I do like Okoro. He's he's a good defender, but he's not very good offensively. But I feel like they might try to solidify that that starting small forward spot. But we'll see. So the one thing yep. that I am optimistic for the Cavs about this trade is. I think what people get a little worried about all these picks going out is they think back to the Nets and Celtics trade with Danny Ainge where it completely backfired on the Nets and they could have drafted a guy like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and they ended up by being Celtics players. If you look at the core of the Cavs, they're all relatively young and they're guys you have either under contract for the next four years and um, Jared Allen, Mobley, you have them for at least three years on a rookie deal left and you know likely to re-sign. That's kind of what happens with the rookies after mm-hmm. their first deal. And then Garland, they'll probably be able to re-sign him for another four-year contract. So th- for the lifespan of those picks they traded away, they have a really good core, and I don't see those picks being super valuable as far as ending up in the lottery. So I don't think it's going to really hurt the Cavs, the the pick assets. And then a guy like Colin Sexton, he was already done with the team. Uh, and Laurie Markman, he he improved when he joined the Cavs, but you're not going to stress over a guy like that. So... I think no. both sides should be pretty happy, at least based on what the Jazz are trying to do and what the Cavs got back. I don't think it was an even trade. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's, there's not too many. Not my my apologies, um, but I don't think there's too many trades that happen that you go, oh, both sides kind of made out on that one. This is one of those. All right, and before we get you out of here, Sloan, uh, Orange Gatorade, yes or no? Uh, it's a no for me, Doug. Wow, get out of here, <laughs> haters! Haters, all all calling our phone line. Unbelievable, man! I cannot cannot stand these Incredible orange. Incredible that haters. there's that many people that dislike orange Gatorade. That's strange. Haters gonna hate. All right, anything I else? Guess a lot uh, of those people probably sleep with their socks on. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> they they still like that red Gatorade stuff, man. They're still in the kid kid kid. Oh, yeah, still twelve year olds. All right, do you have anything else on this this Jazz Cavs trade for us? Uh, no, like I said, I think I think the Cavs, uh, because of the way that they traded, they're in like you said, like uh, Sloan said, playoff like, win now mode. Uh, they can be a, a dark horse, one of those like aggravating teams that you just don't want to play because they're just young and you know young and fast. Um, so like, I could see that being an issue for some of those Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, I, I think the Jazz obviously they're in a different mode in every building. For them, they they want the picks. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing with Donovan Mitchell is. He isn't a great defender. You know, he has some great offensive skills. That's kind of what his rep- or MO was back in the Jazz. He kind of got lazy uh, perimeter defense and put Rudy Gobert in a lot of bad situations. And it kind of worked because they had Rudy. Uh, the Cavs do have some good interior defenders. It's like a chair, and, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's still going to be tough on those guys. I will say that the one thing that held the Jazz back was, you know, if, if people are familiar with playoff basketball, things change dramatically where teams are able to game plan a lot better, you know, because regular season, you're changing opponents every other night, every night, and you can't really game plan. Yeah. And then the playoffs, you're seeing teams seven times. The Rudy Gobert really held the Jazz back. And I'm wondering how Donovan Mitchell flourishes on a team like the Cavs where their bigs don't have the same weaknesses Rudy Gobert had. That PNR is going to be a lot better for them at the oh, top. Oh yeah, um, and then you you have somebody. I'm pretty sure Evan Mobley can stretch out. You're not worried He's, about yeah. And you're Evan not worried Mobley about a lot you know, better a pick and pop with Rudy Gobert. Um, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure they still got Kev Love off the bench. Granted, he's not the Kev Love of old, but like he's he still better. Ch- championship pedigree. Somebody that like you'd like to have on your team as you know the the older. Um, you know, the Al Horford, we'll just use that as an example. The, I don't know if he could be like a playoff Al, like, you know, the Celtics had last season. Yeah. But he's that type of player where, like, who knows if this is like a kick in the ass for him to help, you know, not saying that he's playing bad. He he stayed in Cleveland. Like, I respect him for being that guy. Well, he wanted but out. Like, who's, he did want yeah, out. Yeah, but he's still there. So, like, the fact that he is, like, who's to say, like, this couldn't be the year that, like, he just helps them, you know, elevate into a, another spot. 
Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, Mitchell was able to take the Jazz to a one seed. I, I'm, it, the East is so deep, I couldn't see the Cavs making a push to a one seed. No. But, I mean, you never know. They could end up being a top three seed this year. They could be based off of people that don't care about, like, if 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 it's a, if there's an opportunity for the Nets or the Cavs to be the number one seed, I'm putting my money on it being the Cavs because the Nets will look at it and be like, we don't care. We, we don't need to be in the number one spot. The Cavs would be like, oh, we want that number one spot. We want yeah. we want home court advantage. So, like, I could see that being the driving gauge. Um, but, like, at the, at the end of the day, like, I'd say, you know, three, four, five is where they're probably going to finish. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I was, I'm always kind of a Mitchell's overrated type of guy. Like, I, that's my opinion on him. I think he's just, he's a very good, very good offensive player. People love the name. He's fun. But, I mean, that that's kind of the going great for a guy of Mitchell's status. Three first rounds, two swaps, and a player. Look what Rudy Gobert got. And I think people would say that Rudy Gobert is probably a lesser player than Mitchell. So, good yeah, on the Jazz. That's a going great for literally any, again, all-star. I don't Because they're not superstars. But any like all star, mid level, all NBA player, it's like three draft picks and young players. Yeah. I mean, honestly, good on Danny Ainge and the Jazz organization for having some realization. They could have easily just kept running it back and trying to make a push for the playoffs, but they looked at themselves in the mirror, said that we're not good enough, even though we're finishing with the top, top couple seeds, and they just rebuild and they pulled the band aid off now when they actually got some value back. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, we're going to, I think we're going to get out of here. I don't think there's any last callers, but I did, did want to thank Sloan and Ty for calling. We really appreciate you guys being part of the show. Uh, we also appreciate all you watching live because, you know, this thing is the people's podcast. I, I want to say like it's, it's everyone's podcast. So the more you guys contribute, the better we are. Any last, any last things to the viewers there, T? No, I think you said it. You hit it on the head, man. I appreciate everybody that we appreciate everything that everybody's able to leave in the chat. Give us a call, um, make a comments, like and subscribe online, obviously promote it as much as you can. Um, whether you're, you know, jumping in with the Frizzy Frizz's stream for, foot, for for video games or you're jumping here with the podcast, like everything is appreciated for us to continue growing and making this better for you guys. And please don't forget on the podcast apple spotify rate subscribe review to that thing we appreciate it all we'll see you next week peace out peace